my lesson today or message today is on the subject or on the question God will provide from where? God will provide from where? Praise God. In Genesis chapter 52 and praise God, starting at verse 1, amen. It says, Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down hither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. Praise God. God will provide from where? Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this message. Asking you, Lord, to help me, dear God, to minister your word to your people. And God, I'm going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you're going to do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And can everybody say amen? amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. Famine was all over the nations. And it looked inevitable that Jacob and his family should, shout, should suffer great want. You know the story. Praise God. Joseph was in Egypt. Pharaoh called Joseph in. Joseph told him that there would be seven years of plenty. And that then there would be seven years of famine. There is one thing that I have Five things that I have thought about, praise God, and that is when you think about prosperity and you think about famine, number one, and I hope I get them all because they're just in my head, number one, amen, all the world has faced more famine than prosperity. So prosper or famine will come. As an American people, we are blessed tremendously with prosperity. Praise God. But the chances of us going into famine is much more than being in prosperity. Number two, I have noticed that when people lived for God and walked with God, God blessed them in history, in the past. But when people began to get away from the things of God, and the ways of God, then all of a sudden, amen, famine came. Amen. Number two, I've often noticed that when there's a tremendous amount of prosperity, people kind of eat up or take advantage of the future and live on credit like we are now living. And all of a sudden, that house of cards that sand of ca a castle of sand comes crumbling down. Praise God. That's at least three things. I can't remember what the other two is. But the point that I'm trying to make here today is we may be looking at some very hard times coming up. Praise God. We are looking at some hard times. And when I look at, amen, Jacob, here in Genesis chapter 42... Praise God. There was tremendous famine in the land. Famine was all over. The nations 
were struggling with it, and, and it was inevitable that Jacob saw it coming. His family would suffer with great want. Praise God. God, but you see, in the background, God, a God of providence who uh, never forgets his children, had Jacob a storehouse in Egypt. Praise God. Think about this. Jacob and his sons were provided for the rest of their life by the Egyptians. Jacob and his sons. God took Joseph and caused Joseph to go down into Egypt and to build a road or a path, physically, mentally, into Egypt so that Jacob and his sons could be taken care of. I want you to know today, as a child of God, as a Christian, praise the Lord, God has a way of making a way for you and I to be provided for. God will take care of us. You think, we, sometimes we think, amen, that he's just a God, amen, in the greatness, but he's also a God when things aren't so great. Amen. He's a God that can care. He's a God that can provide. Amen. The Egyptians. God caused the Egyptians to provide for the Israelites all along. They're the one that labored. They're the one that put it into barns. They're the one that sowed. They're the one that reaped. They're the one that put it into barns. They're the ones that did it all. And now God's people are sitting back and enjoying, amen, what God has allowed the Egyptians to prepare for them. God in the Old Testament many times told his people, he said, you will live in houses you have not built. You will eat, praise God, food that you had not prepared. I will bless and I will take care of you, praise God. Your tomorrows will be all right. Amen. And what I'm saying today is, I'm saying just like Jacob, who was... Looking at a tragedy. I personally, I personally feel like we're, we're looking at some very, and, and, very tough times coming up. Praise the Lord. And, and out of the 30 years I've preached, I've never preached this. But just knowing the economy, knowing what they're doing with the economy, knowing how things are, it's just like you're building a house of cards. It is going to fall. It is just going to collapsed. And so I feel like as a pastor, I need to preach a message that God will take care of us. God will provide for us. Praise the Lord. And just like Jacob, amen, God's got things in the background for us. You see, Jacob, you see, the thing of it is, the, the greatest thing that God provides is salvation. Our salvation. Now think about this. It was Jacob's son that went through the tragedy that brought him down into Egypt that made a way. A little later, when, when Jacob died, his, jo Joseph's brothers said, hey man, they said, oh, he's going to kill us now that our father is gone. And Joseph said, no, no, no. Don't you know that God had a purpose in my, what I, he put me through? 
here's one of these up in the front of the pulpit days, okay? Don't we realize that everything that happens to us, God's got a purpose in it? You know what the problem with us is? We don't take the good out of it. We take the bad. We eat the pill and throw the banana away. Everything that happens to us, God's got a purpose in it. Praise God. And you've got to say, okay, God, what is the purpose in this? Joseph said, okay, there is a purpose in this. You see, God put Joseph down there, praise God, because Joseph made a way for his people. Amen. And it's the same thing that the Lord did. Joseph made the preservation for his people. And God, in John 3.16, said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God did the same thing. He prepared Jesus Christ to go before us, to be a salvation, to make a preservation for us. We so many times are concerned about our eats when we're not concerned about our salvation. Your eats will last you for just a little bit to the next meal, but your salvation will last you for eternity. Why don't you give your a clap unto the Lord today? Praise God. Your salvation will allow you to live for eternity. Jesus Christ come and died and made preservation so that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. Praise God. And that's the greatest thing. You know, the man that came to Jesus that was the rich ruler, he came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, he said, I'll follow you. And Jesus went down all the way through. But when it come to his material possessions, he felt his material possessions was greater than his relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what? Jesus gave him the greatest business deal of his life, but he missed it. Because think about it. You can't give God more than he gives you. So if there's something that you have given up for God, I promise you, it may not be in financial or whatever, material situations. He will bless you. you. The time you give up for him. You know, there are times when I drive home and all my neighbors has got their grass cut on Sunday. And my Sundays are filled with everything with the things of God. My Sundays, if it rains on Saturday and Monday, I'm done on Sunday. But I want to tell you something. Whatever I give up for God, he blesses me in so many other ways. You want a blessing for God? Hey, man, you give God what his due is. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Think about it. God made a way with Joseph. You see, Joseph had suffered greatly. It is amazing how and where God provides for us. Think about it. Think about your past. Think about where some of your provision come from. And you're like, wow. Once again, 
When my wife and I first started this church, we didn't have two dime, we didn't have two pennies to run together. There was a dollar sixty some light that I wanted to put in the sign out front, and I had to talk to Christy to find out if we had the money to do it. Praise God. Amen. We had church. We tried to warm the church as much as we could. The state gave us like 500 and some dollars worth of heating oil. Would you lock that door, sir? 500 and some dollars worth of heating oil. Praise God. And we went ahead and took it, put it in 55-gallon drums down there over near where the copier is, and, and I would bring kerosene heaters over here, and I would start kerosene heaters in the church to try to save the gas bill. I'd come in here really cold on a, on a Sunday morning at 3 in the morning, and these chandeliers would be doing this because of the heat going up and the cold coming down. Praise the Lord. We had a $500 gas bill, did not know how we was going to pay that. She'll vouch for what I'm saying. A man came in, never seen him before in my life, never seen him since. Amen. And you know what? <laughs> You're like this, Mark. God pays in cash. Amen. He put $500 of cash in the offering plate, and he says, I work for the government. I go around, amen, and I do government work, and he said, I just pay my tithes wherever I go, and he put $500 in the offering plate, and we were able to pay the gas bill, right? It's amazing where God can bring something from. Amen. It's amazing. You see, providence can come through the very unexpected way. Praise the Lord. How many fishes you got? How many loaves you got? Praise God. He can multiply them, and he did. Financially, get a load of this. Financially, Brother Bowling, you'd love this one. Oh, we got a pair of taxes. I'll tell you what you do. Get yourself a fishing Pull, go down to the water, throw the, wa throw, the throw the line in, praise God, pull out a fish, open its mouth, and it's got a coin. I mean, he could have said, go over there beside that tree, and there's a coin that had been dropped. No, he sent him down to get a coin out of fish's mouth. It's amazing where God can bring things and how God can multiply things. Amen, praise God. It's amazing. You see, and the reason is, 1 Corinthians 10 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them as examples. And they were written for our administration. Administration. Upon whom's the end of the world are come. Praise the Lord. You see, all the things that we're reading in the Word of God is to help us to understand if God did it in the past, He can do it in the future. God is going to take care of me, praise God. God is going to provide for me. You know, I used to tell my kids, all my kids when they were growing up, I would say to them, my, I would say to them, I would say, look, God has got you the right mate. Don't screw it up. Don't mess it up. Wait until the one God has got for you comes along. So God's got for you the right life. Don't mess it up. And my saying to you today is, and to me, one of these days I'm going to have a mirror planted right here because I think every preacher ought to realize he's preaching to himself. 
But one of the things I want to say to you is God's got provision for you in the future. Don't mess it up with your unfaith. Believe him for it. Trust him for it. Praise God. You see, somehow we will del- somehow he will deliver you and somehow he will provide for you. God will provide from where? Praise God. If a man do not feed you, ravens shall. And if the year, and if the earth will not yield its wheat, then heaven will drop manna. But no matter what, God will take care of you. But I want to tell you something first. There's a, a thing that we've got to know. In 1 Kings chapter 17, y'all remember the, the woman that Elijah walked up to? She's picking up sticks. And he said to the woman, he said, what are you doing? I'm picking up sticks. And he said, you got anything to eat? She said, I've got a little meal and i got a little oil. She says, I'm going to fix it for me and my son and we're going to die. What's he say? He said unto her, he said, I'll tell you what you do. He said, you take the meal and you take the oil and you fix me something. He wasn't selfish. He just knew how God works. He knew that God knew that if you put him first, he will take care of you. He could have said to her, go ahead and eat it and good luck. But he knew without a doubt. You see, when preachers preach about giving to God and doing the things for God and et cetera, amen, it, most preachers may do it because they want financial gain. But there's some preachers that understand that if you want your people to prosper, they have to live according to biblical principles. And they have to give unto God. And this man, this prophet, Elijah, said to her, he said, make me a meal first. And so she made a meal first. You see, because there's laws. There's laws of gravity. The reason you can walk across the floor and not float in the air is because there's laws of gravity. And there's laws that God's got that if you put him first, seek me first, and I will give you the desires of your heart. Let me give you an example of that. Praise God. I, when I was young, when I was 18 and graduating from high school, I'd had about two years or a couple years or a year of night school or something and a, and a year of, of uh, uh, in school in refrigeration, heating, and cooling. I was going to own my own refrigeration, heating, and cooling business. I had everything set up in my mind. I knew where I was going. I know what I was going to do. Praise God. That's what I thought God wanted me to be and do. And the Lord, amen, was working on me to go into the ministry, and I was fighting him. I wasn't going to go into ministry. And so God, hey man, fast forward, I broke down, I went to Bible college, I got into the ministry, I got into window cleaning, and I've got got the life. And and I'm not just just saying that, praise God, to make you think I got something. But I'm telling you, my wife's not here. But my wife would tell you, I get up every day. And I love what I do. God has given me the desires of my heart. Praise God. 
God will give you the desires of your heart if you will put him first and follow him. He created you. He knows what's best for you. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will make you happy every day. Orshin poop off of windows. Bird poop off of windows. He can make you happy. Praise God. But this woman, he told this woman, he said, amen. He said unto her, he said, amen, make it for me first. And she did. And guess what happened? Amen. She put God first. And from that day on, the bales never went dry or never went without. Guess what? Until, I don't know if you realize this. Until the first rain came. You see, she took care of God things until she couldn't. And then God took care of her things until she could. When you put God first and you serve him and you live for him, It'll be like Jacob. God will make sure that you're taken care of. Because you see Jacob here in verse 53, it said, In the seven years of plenteous that was in the land of Egypt were ended. I'm telling you, it's not always going to be plenteous. In the years that my wife and I have raised kids, there have been times when we've had plenty and there are times when we've had to put some back for when it wasn't so plenty praise God amen but here's the thing here's the thing Jacob looked at his sons and he said to his sons now we understand we've got to give God what is his and and and, and that's it but not only that, but Jacob looked at his sons and he said, why are you sitting around doing nothing? You need to go out and you need to take care of what God has provided for you. You see, God's not going to cause it to come and sit in your laps. There's a part that we got to do. God's not going to just send you a job. You've got to turn it into a job application. Praise God. Amen. God's not going to allow you to progress. He's going to cause you to want to go to college and get a better education. Praise God. To get a better job. Maybe that you have to go to work and, and, and be, show some consistency on the job and cause God to build. You look at people, what they got. I was in a business one time, and the business owner pulled in. It was a pretty large business, and I knew this man. I knew that there was a time when he was losing his home financially because he was trying to keep his business on its feet. And he eventually got it turned around and had its business on its feet, and he came into the business to check on something with a nice boat behind his truck, and they were going to go out on the lake and enjoy themselves a little bit. And there was some young kid standing there saying, it must be nice. I said, it is nice. I said, but you have the same ability to go out and to do what he did. 
And we're living in a society today that's losing sight of that. Praise God. You see, all of the storehouse was filled down in Egypt. But as long as Jacob and his sons sat there in Canaan's land, they weren't going to get anything at all. They had to do their part. You see, we've got to do our part. Praise the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, it says, But this I say, he that hath sowed sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth abundantly shall reap also abundantly. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And, and I read this scripture because it means more than just financial giving. It means our actions. Praise God. Do, let me ask you something. If I went out into a field and I planted a flower, would that flower not grow because nobody's seen me plant that flower? It would grow, wouldn't it? You would say, oh, brother, wait, that's a silly, stupid thing to say. You know, if you plant it, the law says it'll grow. Well, let me ask you something then. Why do we think that we have to have everybody see what we do for God to bless what we do? Praise God. Do you know what the Lord told the Pharisee? He said, you've been seen doing what you're doing. Now you have your blessings. People who get real true blessings in heaven are those that do things that are not being seen what they're doing. That's why we ought to be the kind of people. We don't want people to notice what we're doing. Because if they do, then we've already got our blessing. But if we just hold off... Our blessings are in heaven where the moth doth not rust or the moth does not kill or the rust taketh away. Praise God. Amen. And so when we do something, God will bless us for that. Our giving, God will bless us. What we do, God will bless us. Amen. That blessing will come. Amen. And, and sometimes we think, well, I want to do it for people to see. Well, you got your blessings if that's the case. You need to do it for God to see. Praise the Lord. And if we're not getting anywhere, it's my own fault. Because God is the one that's going to take care of me. And if I, I'm telling you, if you do it, God will bless you for it. If you go out there and you don't, don't feel like you're so, you know, uh, uh, you're so down and you're so out that you can't get up and go that way, praise God. It may look awful, uh, you know, desperate to you. But if you will put forth the effort, God will bring forth the blessing. It may be just a little time. Praise God. You know, we had a nice sanctuary to come in today. We had air conditioner to come on. It's programmed now to come on. 
until unless I shut it off like I did this week and realized when I walked in the door. Praise God. But it's programmed to come on. Nice air conditioning. We got nice windows. We got nice carpets. We got nice, a nice parking lot. But we've not always had that. We used to have to put fans in the window. We used to have to do all these things. But you know what happened? We kept working on it and kept loving and kept living and kept putting forth an effort until here we are today and God is blessing us. You see, praise God, you may be way back there, but you're not going to get any closer until you take the next step. Start stepping. Start getting out. Start looking for the blessings that God has provided for you. Don't stay in Canaan. Get out of Canaan and try to get down to Egypt. You might say, well, Egypt is the world. Well, I want to tell you something. God's got blessings for you in the world. Jacob could have said, we're the children of God. And God's not going to allow the world to bless us. It ain't going to be in the world. No. He said, hey, man, I may have to go down to Egypt for the blessings. If that's where God's got them. You see, just be Ooh, this is good. Just because the world does not live for God does not believe, mean that they don't belong to God. They are still his creation. He still will work through them. He set Pharaoh up just to show Israel his great power. That's like a, that's like a man standing someone up. He just knocked out and said, I want to show you I can do it again. I just thought that was funny. But he uses the world. Praise God. And so, amen, we get through some hard times, but you're going to have to put forth some effort. Praise God. You're going to have to go out there and do it. Amen. Jacob was about to receive, amen, the provisions for life. But there's another lesson here. You see, the devil knows where to put up the scarecrow. Here it is. You ready? In Genesis chapter 42, here's what happened. Let me give you this first. Jacob's sons went down into Egypt. They saw Joseph. Joseph looked at him. Joseph talked to him. Joseph kept Simeon. Joseph sent him on back. He said, the next time you come back, bring Benjamin. Okay? And so he said, so Joseph, amen, had to send Benjamin back. Y'all know the story. Praise the Lord. And they were getting hungry. And they had found their money in their sacks. And things just wasn't going good. Amen. And in the mind of Jacob, here's what was happening. Praise God. Jacob, amen, told him, he said, I want you to go down into Egypt and for our provision again. And in Jacob's mind, Joseph was dead. Because you remember they brought him his coat with, that was covered in blood. So in the mind of Jacob, Joseph is dead. He's done. You can't do nothing more. You won't bring him back. I'll never see him again. He doesn't exist anymore. It's a hopeless situation. And now you have my son Simeon. He's in prison and locked up. And he's on his way out of here. And you want to take Benjamin away from me? You see, in the mind of Jacob, Joseph was gone. Simeon was all locked up. 
And Benjamin was on his way out the door. I'm telling you, for an old man, it was really, really a bad situation. He didn't know that Joseph was the one that was going to make the provider for him. You see, right before your great blessing that God's going to bring through the door, the devil's going to realize it's coming, and he's going to try his best to kill it with your faith. Because you see, amen, if you're going to get anything from God, you're going to have to believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And Jacob was about to get the biggest blessing of his life. He was going to go down into Egypt. He was going to meet Pharaoh. He was going to be bowed by most of Pharaoh's people. He was going to, be, he was going to meet his son, his one son that he loveth the most other than maybe Benjamin. And he was going to meet him. He was going to be provided for for the rest of his life with never worrying about a thing, sitting in some of the greatest things that, that Egypt had to provide for him. He was right on that door, but before he could cross that door, he had to cross the door of faith that says, amen, I believe in the God that some things are completely gone from me. Some things are holded up for me. And some things, praise God, are being taken away from me right now. I believe in that God, and I believe that he can provide. Praise God. It is easy to say that, that you believe when things are good. But when you are hit with things that are not bad. You know, it's so easy for us to say, I believe God. I believe God. We need to back up a little bit and say, I need to continue to pray that I believe God and trust God. It's one thing to worship him and praise him. But we've got to understand that every one of us has a weak side to us. That when things hit us and hit us hard, we stumble and we fall. And we have to get back up and believe God. But it's like Peter. Peter, you want to come to me on the water? Come on. Out on the water he went. He's walking. Praise God. But then when he began to get his eyes off of Jesus, you see. And that's what happens whenever hard times hit. We get our eyes off of Jesus. And we get it on the troubles. And then before you know it, there's where our faith is just exited. And we start to struggle. Peter needed to keep his eyes on Jesus. Amen. If you're walking for the Lord, get, keep, keep your eyes off the people. Keep your eyes off of what people say. Keep your eyes off of what people do. Keep, because there's some people in your life, they love God and they love you with all their heart, but they're not good at saying things. And they can really make you wonder. But you need to keep your eyes 
on Jesus. Praise the Lord. And the Lord will see you through. But Jacob, amen, he's sitting there. And he's, he's in the back of his mind. He's thinking, Joseph is gone, complete, gone. There's not an ounce of hope in his mind. Simeon is all bound up. And I may never see him again. And the thing of it was, God was asking for, oh, this is really good. God was asking for Jacob's most important thing, Benjamin. You see, when we come to God, amen, God, you know, we're willing to give God this, we're willing to give God that, we're willing to give this, we're willing to give that. But then God says, what about this? All that. Oh, 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 Lord, you're asking me to sell all that I've got and come and follow you? Uh, I can't do that. Oh, I can love my neighbor as myself. I can give. I cannot cuss. I cannot swear. I cannot do any of this. Here's another one of those moments, and we're just about ready to end up. Every one of us has got a scale of 1 to 10. It's the best way for me to say it. We got things that are 10s. We'll give to God any moment. There are things we don't struggle with. We don't, we don't have a problem with. But then you go on up the line, and every one of us has got that number one thing that we struggle with. And we look over at someone else that struggles with something different, and we think, praise the Lord, that that's lower on the scale or higher on the scale and, and more important than what we struggle with. But every one of us has got something that's going to make us miss heaven if we don't watch. Every one of us has got a thing we struggle with. Every one. And I need that mirror right now. I do too. Praise the Lord. And God will come after that. That's what God will ask for. Amen. When he comes to us. That's the thing that we need to give him the most. And say, here it is, Lord. It could be something physical. It could be something emotional that we struggle with, that we hold on to, that we will not give up, that we will not give in to the Lord. Lord, you're not touching that. Lord, you're not going there. Lord, you're not going to change my mind on that. Lord, you're not going to change my thought pattern on that. Lord, I'm going to keep that. That's the way it is. I'm not going to give it in. And that's the way it is. And we hold on to that. And when we do, Praise God. That's the thing the Lord wants. That, that when that rich young ruler came to him and said, I've done everything. The Lord didn't say to him, no, you didn't. He didn't sit down in the sand and start right. I mean, this man was a great guy. Everybody around there would have said, we're voting him into heaven. He's a great guy. But Jesus reached into his heart and his life and he said, everything that you've got, all your riches you've got. Go and sell and give it to the poor. I'm telling you, he made him the greatest business deal, as I said before. But God reached in and touched what? That the one thing. You know, no matter how good we are, God's always going to come after that one thing. The devil don't care. He'll take you however you are. But God wants to make you whole. God wants you to have life and that 
You know, I wish I could stand up here on this one. God's not doing it for him. He's not doing that for him. The reason he's coming after that and the reason he's trying to work on you, he's not doing it for him. It doesn't hurt him. It doesn't bother him. Do you know why he's doing it? He's doing it because he loves you. And he wants you to be the best that you can be. He created Adam and Eve in the garden the best they could be. But Satan screwed them up. And now he wants to bring you back to where he was. And one day in heaven, we're all going to be there again. But in this life, he wants you. He doesn't want you getting up and struggling with that situation. He doesn't want you getting up, praise God, and, and, and addicted to that thing. He doesn't want you to get up, praise God, and to do all that. Amen. And so he constantly says, you know, when I go in and I sit down to my doctor, I don't want him to tell me all the good things that I got. Oh, you got good blood pressure. You got good this. You got good that. I love it. I go in. I take my blood pressure. Amen. And I love that, Mark. But please don't put me on that scale. I don't like the scale. It's a negative thing to me. My blood pressure is good. But he puts me on the scale. Don't put me on the scale. Praise God. That equipment I got on my side, it's probably about 50 pounds, wouldn't you think? I tell the doctor. I think that holster and that tool weighs about 50 pounds. Don't you think, doctor? Yeah, he said, we can agree on that. It goes on. But wouldn't you hate to go to the doctor and he only tells you the good things you got? Don't you want him to tell you, you got this or you got that. We got to address it. And God wants, it's not because God says, I don't like you because you've got this problem. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> he looks at you and he says, I want to help you so that you don't have to deal with this every day. I want you so that you can have life and that you can have it more abundantly. Praise God. I want you so you can get up in the morning and you can love and enjoy your days. I want you so that you can live the life that I created you to live. And to walk the life that I created you to walk. That's why God does that. Praise the Lord. But we get mean with him. We get angry with him. And we don't understand. And you know what? He's so loving that he understands that. And it doesn't bother him. Because he still reaches out. And tries to help us. He tries to take care of us. But sometimes we think God wants me to be right. Because he wants me to be what he wants me to be. No. He wants us to be what we should be. Praise God. God is not a selfish God. God is a very loving and caring and giving God. God is so giving. That he would go and die on Calvary. For probably. 1% of the people that are ever going to take advantage of it. But he'll still die for them. He'll still die for the people that will swear there is no God. He'll still die for the people that try to take prayer out of schools. He'll still die for the people, praise God, who will curse and swear his name 
every day. And he'll still die for him. Praise God. Why? Because he loves. He gives. And he's concerned. Praise the Lord. We don't understand that because we're the kind of people, we have limits on our love. I hate to say this, but it's so true. It's a hard pill to swallow. But a lot of times, praise God, we only love people for what we can get out of them. Praise God. That's human beings. We need to get the Holy Ghost inside so that we love like God loves. And we give like God gives. Praise the Lord. But where is God going to provide? The title of my lesson today is God will provide from everywhere. God will provide from everywhere. Did anybody catch that? Let's all stand. I'm excited about service tonight. Let's get fed up. I meant full up. <laughs> Praise God. And let's get fed up with the world. And let's be in service tonight, be in prayer. Praise God. Uh, Brother Mike Wood's going to be preaching for us, and I'm so excited. Let's pray for him today. Amen. And we're going to have a good time in the Lord. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God. Let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. God, bring us back at your appointed time. And God, we're going to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be dismissed.